Hello and welcome to the Reach Out for Mental Health podcast. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Stu Within. Joining me always is Kirsty Eaton of Reach Out. Hey, Kirst. Good afternoon, good afternoon. You all right? Not bad, not bad. Happy it's Friday. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that doesn't necessarily lend itself to uh, to, to a podcast because I guess people can listen to this on any day. But if you happen to listen to it on a Friday, <laughs> bonus. Enjoy that. Enjoy that Friday feeling on a Wednesday. Doesn't if it's matter. Monday, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you completely bugged up your week. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, um, today's guest is somebody that I, I know Kirsty's um, friends with and a big fan of. Um, I've uh, this is my first time uh, meeting him, Darren Smith. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. Good Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Monday. <laughs> whenever you're listening. Whenever, whenever you're, you're listening. listening. So before we do sort of anything, um, let's just get a kind of uh, an insight into why you're on this podcast, how you know Kirsty, and and you know how Kirsty has found out about what you do, and tell people obviously what it is that you do. Okay, so Kirsty and I, well, we met. I, I'll tell you in how the, it happened. in the in so the I, ether. I've, I've been a fan of Andy's Man Club for years, and um, and you know Darren will explain what Andy's Man Club is and the, the marvelous work that they do. Um, and I've always wanted one in Essex, but because I'm a lady, I'm not allowed to front them. Um, and then I read in Essex Live that Darren Smith, this bloke, this geezer called Darren Smith, was opening up an Andy's Man Club in South End, and I was just. I've got to find, I've got, I've got to speak to this man. I've got to speak. I think it was like a Saturday afternoon and I found mm. Darren's number and I just called him up out of the blue. And um, yeah, and we just, we just had a natter for a good half hour or so um, sharing war stories and why we do what we do. And then, and then we got to meet, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. At uh, South End United, didn't we? Yeah, we did a couple of festivals together. Yeah. yeah. Blues day. Yes. Which was a great day celebrating uh, everything South End United, but also mental health. Um, I think there was three stands there on that day. There was there was myself, there was you, and there was um, the guys that uh, run free who who play football. Yeah, which which in itself is a huge step in the right direction because. I wouldn't have been there the week, the year before. You wouldn't have been there the year before. And I don't think Chris would have been there with Run Free the year before. So that's a huge step forward for, for mental health, but also men's mental health. Ooh, and uh, Go on, sorry, don't carry on. Because that's how I've ended up here, because I've struggled with my mental health uh, knowingly for 10 years and not getting a handle on it, not owning it and not knowing how to manage it. I used to say I'd, I'd, I've never fixed it. I've learned now over uh, the last couple of years that I'm not going to fix it. I've just got to understand it and manage it. But because I didn't manage it and because I didn't really know much about it, I kind of went through life's trials and tribulations, kept everything to myself, wore a mask for 10 years. And when you wear a mask for that amount of time, things start to take their toll. And unfortunately, at the end of 2020, I, um, I tried to take my own life. 
because I'd had enough. Luckily, the police found me um, and I got some great help from the NHS and I also got some great help from private uh, healthcare. And I spent six weeks in the Priory getting better. But not also getting better, also understanding, as I said, understanding why my mental health was, was where, it, where it was and where it is. And then I got released. <laughs> and again, I had some great support from the NHS. I had some different support from the NHS. But what I didn't have and what I couldn't find was support groups, groups where I could talk to non-professional people. So I had a, a therapist on a regular basis and I had support from the NHS and I had a guy that was talking to me about employment and getting back into the workplace, but I didn't have that outlet, that place to go to talk to people who had gone through what I'd gone through or were having the same feelings. And I looked and looked and I looked all over Essex, and I say all over Essex, I'm, I'm Chelmsford-based, I looked South End, I looked Chelmsford, and then I started going across, you know, Rayleigh, Billericay, Brentwood, still couldn't find anything. I, I found lots of men's sheds, and I found lots of support for the older generation, the older man, we're, who were dealing with losing a long-time partner and, and, and we're struggling with, with, with grief and, and, and adapting. And I've kind of now got a little line. I've, I know I've got grey hair, but I'm not ready for, for woodwork or metalwork just yet. And I use Twitter as my social media outlet and I stumbled, literally stumbled across a post about Andy's Man Club. And I looked a little bit further because of, me looking for local groups. I think if I'd have found a local group, I don't think this would have happened. Mm. It was because looking for a group was on my kind of radar. And because of lockdown, Andy's Man Club had gone online and they were running their face-to-face -face groups online. And I started attending on a Monday night, online groups, at the time, I think there was in excess of eight, nine separate groups that had anything between 10 and 20 guys on. And within the first two sessions, so within two weeks, I went, wow, this, this is a very, very simple and very, very powerful. Had they not gone on, sorry, sure, I, had they not gone online, I would never have found them because the nearest face-to-face -face group at the time was in Peterborough, which would have been a four-hour round trip. So initially it was just, wow, I found somewhere that I can talk to guys that have either been through what I've been through or are going through the storm that I'd been in for the past 10 years. And it was like a revelation. I want to pick back up where we've got to uh, and, and, and talk about Andy's Man Club in, in more depth. But first of all, I want to kind of, sort of go back a little bit. Uh, yeah, if, of course. If that's cool. And, and, and firstly, if, if I was to say the words 
like mental health to you? What what comes to mind instantly? Uh, oh, instantly, darkness. Has it always felt like that? No, 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 definitely not. But that's that first, that first thing is darkness. Then when I when I pause and I think about it, the things I talk, uh, the things I would say is talking, sharing, understanding. It's not black and white. One size doesn't fit all. And I imagine that them kind of the, the, the five points you just made there, other than darkness, they're five points that have took time to to come to them realization that these are the, the positive things that you need to be looking at to, to move forward and, and to, and to see a way out of, you know, darkness. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I would say that, that that darkness is the first word because I suffered so long with the darkness for so many years, those other words and the other thoughts are there, but they're not that conscious part because that's only really been, since the start of 2021. I mean, obviously you've been suffering with this for a, a long time before. Obviously, you, you know, it, it got to the, the, the point that you, you mentioned where you tried to take your life. Um, mm. But uh, how long do you think you was trying to just get on with life and try and maybe sort of distract yourself from thoughts that might not have been positive or, you know, or, and how long do you think that was going on? And then, and, and I'll double load that question with, and, and when was it that you actually realised, actually, I think my mental health isn't quite where it should be? So... 11 years ago, I had my first breakdown. And it came after a number of different life experiences and, and, and life problems that everybody goes through. Um, I'd spent a number of years working abroad. Um, I'd gone abroad because my marriage had failed. So I'd gone abroad, spent three years working in a different country, and then I came back to the UK, but I was living somewhere else. My divorce had started. I had a promotion. I was dealing with a bigger job and a bigger salary and more pressure, um, living somewhere that I didn't know, trying to rebuild a relationship with my son. And all of those things were all happening at the same time. And I knew I was, I knew I was stressed, but I just thought it was work. And people say, well, what happened? Well, basically I was walking up to this office block that I'd gone to for the last or the previous four months and I just couldn't physically walk in. And I broke down outside this office block, um, not being able to literally physically go through the door. Um, so that was when it first kind of raised its, its head and I realised there was something not right. That was 11 years ago. And I think, you know, 
over the previous two, three years. I think it had just been bubbling away. Um, and I blame work. And again, it's great being able to look back now because it wasn't work. It was the multitude of things that I was trying to do. But I blamed work and walked away from, from a very good career and said, it's work. I'm going to walk away from that. And then to answer you kind of your second question, I, I didn't, I didn't go, I did, I had medication at that point, but I didn't do any therapy. I just went, right, if I walk away from work, I'll get better. And I didn't. And I started to do different jobs and, and different things. And was, was you doing these things for, as a distraction? Was you doing these things and, and, you know, you mentioned moving abroad and you mentioned like trying different jobs and things like that. Do you think these were fundamentally trying to distract yourself from maybe what was going on in, in, in inside your head? Or avoid it, maybe. Not, uh, possibly, possibly. The, the main reason for going, going abroad was there was an opportunity on the table and my marriage had broken down not long before that and it was an opportunity that I couldn't really refuse. So I don't think I was doing that to to avoid but if you actually kind of unravel the i walked away from a, a career that i'd been building for 20 years walk away from it and saying that's the root cause of my mental illness or my mental health and then going to open a restaurant and earn minimum wage that's definitely an avoidance going from a six-figure salary and then going to uh, minimum wage, where actually, in the cold light of day, where's the logic in that? So definitely doing something completely different was an avoidance because, and, and I also think it's a lack, it was a lack of understanding. Because as I said, I, I just went, well, I'm, it's, it's the job. I'm walking away, it's, you know, it's, it's the job that's making me ill. So I then start doing different things. I then miss the, the high pace and the, and the kind of the, the, the good stress of working in a corporate environment. So I get back into the corporate environment and then suddenly have these very quick and successive promotions and before i know it i'm back up to a great salary a great job a lot of pressure blah 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 and guess what it happens again i get to a point where i'm not enjoying this i can't cope and it's because i, I didn't i didn't understand my mental health and and the avoidance is, is is very very true but i also throughout this period was having therapy and again, looking back, some of that was just a tick in the box because I thought it would help me. Um, it was CBT at the time. And I now know that CBT doesn't work for me because I have to do stuff after I've walked out of that session. And I'm of a, of a mindset and of a, of, a, of a core belief is if I can manage to do something without having to do it, then fantastic. So what I do is I do it just enough in a session to make the therapist believe I was doing what I was doing. Remember just enough for the next session to say, yeah, I've done this, done that, but sorry, I didn't bring it with me. I left it on my, on my desk. 
right? But that was normal. And again, I look back and go, how mad is that? I'm going through the motions of going to a therapist, seeing the therapist, doing the work during the session, but then not doing anything. And then cheating myself and cheating and, and, and the therapist. Why do you think you were doing that? Um, I'd say, I'll say again, because I didn't understand what was going on in my mind. And as you rightly said, there's an avoidance there, right? I think also, again, I, I, I had this thought that by doing that, I'd eventually get better. And I think that's a very mal trait of, well, if I could do this long enough, I'm going to get fixed. Still avoiding the core. And still avoiding yeah. the, the actual illness. Yeah. And all I did was put layers on my onion, right? And, and I think, and I, again, I, I, I kind of say this when I'm talking to people, I, I think when I was doing that therapy once a week, I was taking a couple of the little flappy layers off that fall off an onion and going, well, I've done that. I feel a bit better now. Awesome. But as soon as I walk out or the following morning, those little flappy layers are coming straight back on again, but they're coming on a bit stronger. And all you can do then is just, you just keep putting the layer. All I did was put the layers on upon layers. And at some point can't take any, any more. And it has to fall apart. What about um, friends? You know, what was what was the culture that you, you know, you, you, you talk about a, you know, a big salary in a corporate environment? Yeah. You know, was that an environment that would also frown upon somebody saying, I'm, I don't feel very happy. I'm, you know, I'm struggling. You know, was that seen as a weakness in that world? And was there people in and around you that you could go, I don't feel well? No, absolutely not. And, and, uh, and it's definitely changed. I'm now back in the industry after 11 years and it has completely changed. But back 11 years ago, no, it was taboo. It was not spoken about. At the time, only one friend knew. And over a period of 10 years, no one knew. In fact, the only person that knew never to the extent, but knew I was struggling, was, was my partner, Stacey. Um, can I pick up on when you spoke to your friends? So you, so you said there was one guy. Oh, I'm yeah. assuming it's a guy, sorry. One friend yeah, 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 one guy. Yeah. Confided. Yeah. Um, can, I, can you talk a bit more about that? What, how nervous were you about actually, you know, confiding in somebody that you trust? Mm. Um, you know building up that courage to actually because it's one thing feeling these things yourself but saying them out loud to somebody else completely changes the playing field doesn't it it does and it was very nerve-wracking but again because I blamed work while it was nerve-wracking it was an easy conversation to have because I just said right Work's got on top of me. Burnout. Yeah. I'm, I've burnt out. I, you know, again, looking back, 
it wasn't burnout. It was a whole host of things that I just needed to manage. Um, so, yeah, you know, Andy's Man Club is all about talking. Did I talk to my mate? Yeah. Did I tell him the truth? No, because I just said, work has caused me to be like this. Therefore, I'm walking away from work and therefore I'll get better. Mm. You know, and as I've said already, it's a very maltrait, right? We, 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 I don't know, not necessarily break a bone, but we hurt a leg or we hurt an arm. We go, right, well, we're just going to rest it. Well, no, go to the doctor. No, no, no. If I don't use it for long enough, it'll get better. <laughs> right? Mm. And as I say it, we're all smiling. All three of us are smiling. We, we know that it's absolutely crazy. You're a nightmare, the lot of you. Right? But then on the flip side of that, if we broke our leg, we would go to someone because we'd have to. And then we'd go through the recovery and the recuperation of that break, which is a period of time. It'll be in plaster for a period of time. It may be checked at a certain point at that time. And then when a plaster is taken off, you go for a course of physiotherapy. And everybody's different. Some people might need four or five sessions. Some people might 10 sessions. Do we do that exact same process with our mind? No. I'll have a few days off, not switch the laptop on, not look at my emails, and I'll be better. Have a few beers. Have a few beers, relax, not talk to anybody. Isolate myself completely. <laughs> and I'll get better. And funny enough, we don't. <laughs> in regards to um, now, are there signs in your behaviour that you pick up on now that's like, right, oh, hang on, maybe I've, I've gone down a notch here because I'm doing this. Oh, shit, I've just done, I'm starting to do this. You know, are you aware of signs now and go, right, okay, I now know how to, you know, manage this before it gets to this point or? So aware. Um, what what signs know. are there? I'm, I know it's a very personal thing, but I'm no. just thinking if there's people listening that might yep. be experiencing anything similar to that, you know, I, I think to know what them initial signs that that, that might yeah. be. You know, not just you, but other, other people, then I think it could be a really good thing that people might be then made aware that, okay, maybe not all is well. Yeah. So the first thing I realised was that that anxiety for me starts in my chest. So I get that tight little chest or that, that kind of nervous feeling in my chest. And that for me is the anxiety. And I didn't know what that was. So now I know that that's, that's the anxiety. And then I now know that there's something that's caused that anxiety. Um, but some other the kind of the telltale signs is, is kind of like my concentration level. You know, if I'm if I'm in a bit of a, a, a lull or I'm kind of switching off, that means I'm, you know, I'm a bit bit low, you know. Um, putting things off. Terrible terrible when i'm you know in a lull um i'll know you know i've got a pad here i've got a notepad i've got a big i've got so many things that i use for work and i now know that if i've got that to-do list i go oh yeah okay well that that can wait and that can wait or i'll pick the phone up and have a little look at twitter or whatever well, hold on <laughs> there's a to-do list there um 
and sleep was was a big one for me. And I think that's quite and I, and, and talking to a lot more men through Andy's Man Club, sleep when you you kind of you're knackered, but you can't sleep because your your brain's on on overdrive because it's thinking about in my case the things I hadn't done or the things I thought I'd done wrong. And I never realised that, you know, that lack of sleep, you know, over a period of time is worse than anything because it then fuels the anxiety. It fuels the depression. And then you start thinking about the anxiety more and you start thinking about depression more and then you're sleeping less and it gets back around. So, yeah, you know, people listening, you know, if you are struggling to sleep, it might be one of the traits that I have. Um, food was never an issue. <laughs> I've always eaten well, regardless of my mental health. Um, drinking, definitely. When I'm on a lull, uh, I would I would pick up the beer, or you know, I thought nothing of, of, of a glass or a bottle of wine with dinner. Um, and again, I now know that I know that the high you get or the the loss of those thoughts is very, very momentary. You know, I now know that <laughs> the down from having a bottle of wine is a lot, lot longer than the actual high that you get, mm. you know? And again, it's only through, you know, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a stupid person. I'm, I, you know, I'm quite intelligent. And it's taken me till now, I'm 45 years of age, to actually get that right in my head. Um, and it is little things, little things like that, Stu. I mean, we're, we're not too dissimilar in age. I'm, I'm, I'm a few years older than you. Um, but also, you know, growing up in in, in Essex and, and throughout, you know, the, the, those formative years of finding your tribe and teenage years and, mm. and, 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 and you know, the, the, navigating your way through your, your, your teens and your 20s is, is always, you know, never an easy ride for, for, for pretty much everyone. Um, and, and I, like you, you know, wasn't necessarily sort of spoiled in, in people that I could go, ah, oh, you know, having a bit of a shit time. Um, talk about maybe the last sort of five or six years and, and the changes that you've seen. And, you know, aside from, um, from Andy's Man Club. So mm. I, I want to talk at length about that shortly, but but just talk about the you know the changes in awareness of of, of of mental health and and what you've seen you know as somebody that's obviously went looking for something you know went yeah. looking to find help and like because you didn't feel comfortable with everything else that you was trying and like you say almost blagging your therapist and things like that you know and 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 and, and so like j- just talk about you know some of the real significant changes and and. And, and you know, and exciting things that are progressing in in yeah. mental health awareness over over recent times. So I would say the the awareness or the accessibility accessibility is probably not the right word to, to use, but we are we are now in a digital world, and to know that no matter what social media platform you use there's something on there about mental health, whether it's through someone famous or someone that 
has overcome their demons or whether it's through a charity. Um, I think there's a lot more available information for mental health. Um, I think the workplace has changed immensely. Um, LinkedIn is my professional social media platform. I now have in my work title, the words mental health advocate. I'm allowed, allowed is probably the word I'd, Mm -hmm. I'd use. I'm now allowed to put that I have voluntary roles that I do for Andy's Man Club and Local Mind within my job experience. I think it's the change in attitudes as well that's gave you the confidence for you to say, do you know what? This is also me. I do this as well. And I'm bloody proud of it. Absolutely. And I, and I think that, that that's the circle that you're absolutely right, Kirsty. It, it's the attitude that's driven the spreading the word or being not being ashamed to talk about it. Mm. I still think there is a big stigma for men talking about it. You know, it's not, we're not there yet, but it's definitely changed from, let's say, 11 years ago. So you're, you're right. It's the attitude and the acceptance that allows me to say, I'm Darren Smith. I have, I, I have got a professional career, but I'm also happy to tell you that I struggle with my mental health. Um, and Andy's Man Club has given me that confidence. Um, acceptance has given me that confidence. And also, I've got on top of it. I'm, I'm winning. I'm winning at mental health. So, do you know what? I want to shout about it. Mm. And I want to tell people, look, it's not all darkness. It's not all downhill. And if by me saying that I'm involved and I do this stuff voluntary or I talk about my, 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 my background and my story and it stops someone going to where I got to or it allows the next person to talk about it, hallelujah, mm. hallelujah. So, so you say that you're on top of it. You're winning. You're 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 kicking your demons' ass. So, what does what does recovery look like to you? How do you know that you are not recovered? Because it's not correct. Not uh, it's not an ongoing thing. It for me, I also struggle with my mental health. Mm-hmm. For me, it's the difference between uh, you know living in darkness and having a few good days. To do you know what? Pretty much everything's peachy, but every now and again, I need to you know take some take some time out and yeah. occasional bad days what what does recovery look like for you so the first thing i say to that is i now have a toolkit to manage my mental health i have a mental health toolbox which has got excuse me multiple things that i use at different points and his man clubs every monday night medications every day exercises three times a week walking the dog is three to four times a week all of those things have an impact on my mental health 
Now, if I stop doing all of those, I'm going to go straight back to the double darkness. By doing those, I stay away from the darkness and I have days where I want to get out of bed. Mm. Yeah. I'm able to do my day job four days a week without worrying. Don't get me wrong. There are days where I start to get that anxiety and I go, whoa. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, over my head here, but I do it because actually we all have those days where we go, I don't know if I can do this job or that sounds complicated. I, I also think that, you know, I, I, I interview people regularly uh, uh, for, for all manner of podcasts and what you just described there, I've spoken to, to some of the, I don't know, some of the like, rock stars that have played concerts to hundreds of thousands of people. Mm. They all get imposter syndrome. And I ask them all about it. How, how do you feel when you're like, I just think, oh, I don't know if I can do this today. And like, I don't think that that's just generally John down the road that feels that, you know, I don't think that's a working class thing. I, I think that is everywhere. And, yeah. you know, and, and I think it's really important to know that it's a perfectly normal situation, you know, a feeling to, to think, how am I here? Did I, do I deserve to be here? Can I do what I need to do to, to sort of fit in here and, and not look like? Because we all feel at some points that we're blagging it. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think it's, it's important that, that people realise imposter syndrome is perfectly normal. Yeah, and I still get it. I still get it. Um, but the the winning so i i kind of now say I'm, I'm winning more than i'm losing and and it is it's being on top of my mental health it's, it's managing it it's you know if we're talking in, in colors it's keeping it in the kind of the lighter shades of of gray you know the what you know top of white lighter shades of gray but it does go and you know we've talked about the acceptance of our mental health and it's also the acceptance of having a down day, you know. And I was talking to someone the other day and, and how it was like a, a badge of honour that you'd say, I haven't had a day sick in so many years, right? And that was, that was mm. the mentality, mm. the corporate environment that I was in 11 years 60 ago. 60 hours this week. I was working all over the weekend. God, yeah. oh God I'm a Absolutely, champion. yeah. I've been here five years. I've never had a day sick yeah. and uh, I don't take all my holiday. Mm. Yeah. Right? Aren't I a champ? Yeah. Exactly. And what, what, you know, why are holidays there? It's for you to walk away from work, right? Mm. Um, sick days. Again, I think there's a bit more acceptance now. You know, you can have a day off because you feel down. You know, because your reserves um, are completely depleted and they need that's to be it. restored. That's it. And, 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 you know, on the days that you do go in when you're feeling like that, are you actually productive? No, you're probably counterproductive. Mm. Um, because, you know, someone like me that, that is quite extrovert, quite, quite bubbly, quite loud naturally, Again, looking back, people will go, you all right? You go, yeah, I'm all right. You're a bit quiet. Oh, just concentrating. Or, you know, lot on. Oh, it was always having a bad day. Did I say that? No. You didn't go, right, oh, okay. 
they're, 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 they know I'm a bit down. So you then go, right, let's, let's crack on again. It's be Darren, you know, put that, or the mask has slipped, put it back up again, mm. you know? So, yeah, I think there's more acceptance now of, of, of people saying, Do you know what, I'm going to have a day off today because I'm not feeling great. Talk about... Uh, you, you mentioned discovering Andy's Man Club. Talk about the, the you know, the, the, the first interaction you had there and, and, and tell us about how involved you've become with it. And it was a discovery. It was like a light bulb. Um, I meant, you know, the first word I said was darkness. Finding Andy's Man Club and I'm going goosey as, I, as I'm talking about it, as I generally do, it was this complete light bulb moment. I was sitting on the laptop, as I said, it was online, and there I was with 14, 15 guys all looking at me because that's how Zoom works. And I actually felt quite comfortable because I was at home and I was on screen. So actually that was quite a good kind of intro. And, I, and I, it works both ways for people, you know, being online works for some people, it doesn't with others. And it's based around five questions. So every Monday night you get together and, and questions one, two, and three are the same. Question four and five get changed every week and all of the groups in the UK have those questions. But that first night I sat in and oh, we'll talk about this. We're not allowed to talk about religion, politics, or medication. I thought, yeah, perfect. Don't really know much about any of those <laughs> um and and they said right just introduce yourself and a positive reason for you being here so went round and i said well my positive reason is finding this out there and they went right question one how's your week i thought that's a bit simple isn't it okay how's my week well guys look just a little bit of background i got released from hospital uh a month ago, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely better, but I'm now struggling to put it all together and, and, and I want to find out a bit more about what's going on in the world. And the guys went, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know how you feel. I've, I've been in hospital and come out. Oh, okay, right. What was you struggling with? Oh, depression and, you know, not knowing who I was. And another guy put his hand up in it. I've struggled with that. And welcome to the group, Darren. It's great to hear a, a southerner because a lot of the groups were in the north. And I went, wow, how easy is that? How basic? How's your week? And let's put it into a context of, of going down the pub with your mates. How you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. That's it, right? That's all yeah. we do. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. All right, let's have a pint. And it's like, you might kind of see in your mate, oh, he's not right. Shall I ask him again? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to ask him again because I don't want to know what's wrong with him because I don't know what to say. Do you know what? Right? I'm going to interject here. I, I use this example a lot, but it's so bloody good. I just can't help myself. So Mickey Flanagan, he does, he, he, he does an amazing sketch on one of his stand-ups. And he talks about how, how when he's getting ready for a boys' night out and he's going down the pub. And so he goes down the pub and he's coming home. And his missus is like... She's, she's hanging around. She's like, yeah. Oh, any scandal? Any goss? And he's like, no. How'd you get on? All right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's fine. How's Sue? How's Sue? 
this is the wife of one of the guys that he's gone down the pub with. How Sue? I don't know. Well, he didn't ask how Sue was. He goes, I didn't even ask how Tony was. And that, <laughs> that is just, that is the thing, isn't it? You don't, you don't. It is that kind of, and we do, we say, how are you? You all right? Yeah. How are you? You're right. It's you, you're already spoon feeding that response. That's that's all you, that you want to hear. How are you? You're right. Yeah. You know, it's um, yeah, it's bullshit. Exactly. Exactly huh. that. Exactly that. And then so I sat there and I listened to 14, 15 guys say how their weeks would go. It had been. Some were were okay and others were having a real tough time. And I've got to say, it was a bit of a leveler. And you kind of, I kind of initially was like, oh, okay, well, I don't think I'm as bad as, as Johnny in Newcastle. And I think I'm a bit better than, than David in Halifax. So, oh, okay, all right, I'm, I'm doing all right. And then the second question was, well, what's, what's the positive from your week? And I kind of, oh, hold on, what's my positive? Oh, I've... Um, I'm on here. Actually, that's not a bad positive. Look, I, yeah, my positive, Darren, are you, yeah, my positive for me is finding Andy's man club. Oh, great. Excellent. Nice one, Darren. Yeah, great. Great positive. And it kind of went round the guys and some of the guys was, well, look, I managed to do a full week at work or managed to see the kids or I didn't, you know, got up out of bed. All these different positives, and, and and straight away you're like, oh, well done, that's a great, oh, nice one. And again, I'm looking at it going, well, oh, well, I'm 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 kind of better than him, and I'm probably a little bit worse off than him. Well, I'm doing all right, and all of a sudden I was thinking, oh, this is great because all these positives, you know, no matter how, you know, Dave earlier in his first question was 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 struggling, you know, he was welling up, he'd had a bad week. All of a sudden he's had a a positive. And then question three is the, is the big one, and it's in the middle of the five, and, and it's, is there anything you want to get off your chest? And you kind of get thinking, well, okay, what, 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 what does that mean? What do I want to get off my chest? And I was thinking, oh, no, I, know, I know what I want to get off my chest. I, I want to say, I'm, I, you know, look, I've, I've, I've been out of hospital for a month, and it's taken me this long to find a men's support group that I can attend. Mm. And it shouldn't be like that. And then there was this kind of all the, you know, guys with a little bit of a giggle and, you know, they went, well, we're giggling because we've all kind of said that as our first week or our second week, you know, get off your chest. You've had to find Andy's man club yourself, you know, and then obviously the guys that have been going regularly, some of them were kind of like, look, you know, what I want to get off my chest is, why do I go to my little every week and there's only ever one till open? <laughs> That's what he wanted to get off his chest. And then the next couple of, couple of guys along was, look, you know, why is my wife, you know, not letting me see my kids? Look, I know we've got issues between the two of us, but I can't see, I'm missing my kids. I want to see my kids. And again, you went, I went round and it was like, wow. There was so much empathy. And the reason I, 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 I refer to that is we were online. I'd always kind of associated empathy with that physical 
and being, you know, in presence with everybody. Yeah. And from that moment, I just went, there's, you know, there's empathy here. These, you know, these guys I don't know, I've, 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 I've to this day never met, but there's guys that were on that, on them on the online courses that have gone on to open up groups or now attend groups and remember me and I remember them. But the empathy that came out of the screen was, and I've gone goosey completely now, was amazing. And it's something that continues every Monday night when I, when I walk into a group on a Monday night at Southend or Chelmsford. The empathy is amazing. And I think it's one of the reasons why it works, because you get sympathy from loved ones, People that don't really understand. And people that don't really understand. You get sympathy from professional help. Don't get me wrong, if that professional help or that person in the professional role has had their own struggles and actually understand, you will get empathy. But more often than not, it's that sympathy. You'll get sympathy from, from medical staff because that's how they are. And again, if they've gone through their own troubles, you'll get empathy. This, this is empathy on, on speed. This is empathy, you know, magnified. Empathy on steroids. Mm. It's amazing. And that's why it works. Um, I say that on a Monday night, there's no one qualified that sits in the room. Our only qualification is we've either been through a storm, going through a storm, or understand the storm you're going through. And that's the first three questions on a Monday night. And that's powerful in itself. And then the other two can be really quite um, uh, highbrow discussions around, you know, what, what's the best kind of biscuit? <laughs> is it a or is it a bourbon? Um, Listen, we're, we're a group of men. Real we're not, not going to have highbrow. No, listen, the questions four and five, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And to this day, my question, my favourite question five to this day is what's your favourite biscuit? And I first had that question online and there was more debate, discussion and camaraderie and Mickey taking about people's favourite biscuit. Absolutely. And if people could channel <laughs> that love for a biscuit into other things in the world would be in a better, better place. Um, because everyone's got a favourite biscuit. They've got reasons why it's their favourite biscuit. They've got history to why that's their favourite biscuit and they won't be moved on it. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But it is a little bit, it does go a little bit more highbrow. The reason that question four and five changes to keep people on their toes, it gives people something else to think about and they're designed to make you think outside the box um think a little bit more on a happier note and to make sure we leave in a better mood than when we arrived Absolutely. so question four it can be things like if you could go back in time and visit any historical event what would it be and why? And that's great because 
very rarely do two people think of the same type of historical event. Mm. And you've already mentioned, Stu, you know, rock stars. So people think of, of concerts. People think of uh, movies being made. People think of sporting events. People think of historical events. They think of kind of not so glamorous historical events. You know, mm-hmm. they'll think about happy history. And, and what happens is, is as someone says, well, I'd love to go back to the tearing down of the Berlin Wall. And then you'll get someone, oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Mm. You know, and then there's, oh, how, how amazing would that have been? And what must that have been like? And then the next person will say, I'd like to go back to see Elvis live. And then you get a couple of guys go, oh, my days, I forgot Elvis. So what did you do? What was your answer? Mine was football related. Mine, 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 mine was well, uh, 66 World Cup. Um, and there was two reasons for that. One, my granddad went to every game of that World Cup and nearly got divorced for going to that World Cup, which potentially could have meant I may not have been here. <laughs> but my granddad went to every game of that World Cup. And, and, and so it would have been great to have gone, you know, go back in time and go to the football with him. So that was my 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 cho- my choose for that question. Other things can be what animal would you be and why? Hmm. And again, you get a whole different mixture of, of different animals. Um, some would say a dog because that's you know what a great life my dog has. My my response is I'd like to be a big bird of prey because I'd love to be up there circling around in in the silence and you know it looks like they're doing kind of nothing. You know, how relaxing must that be? Just floating around. Absolutely. And also not knowing that there's not something bigger that's going to come along and eat you. Yeah, right? apex predator. That's what I think. Yeah. Absolutely. So again, and they always fun. they always open up debate around, you know, well, why'd you pick that? Or oh, I didn't think of that. And then question five is the quick fire round, and it and it's more around just being a bit more kind of jovial. And it could be. What are you going to do for your mental health this week? Mm. And it's a quick round. So it's all, oh, I'm going to go get out of my bike or I'm going to see the kids or I'm going to you know, phone a friend or I'm going to phone that mate or you know, whatever it might be. And again, the idea is that you're then thinking about that last question and that answer mm. on your way out. It can be your favourite biscuit. It can be um, what's your favourite piece of music or what piece of music or what movie makes you happy or what movie have you seen so many times that you know the lines mm. and again it's it's relating back to a good thing not a bad thing and and guys may have really opened up on question three and they may have shared and in my experience with south end they may have shared something that they've never shared with anybody in their life Absolutely. And that's happened. You know, this is guys that are sharing life-defining experiences that are not good, that are not positive in any shape or form. And they're sharing with a group of guys that they've only known for three or four weeks. And they realise that there's trust in the room. They realise there's empathy in the room. 
and they're realizing that they can share that thing that's been on their shoulder in their head in that pit of the stomach for half their life absolutely and they share that I just want to squeeze one thing in just because I know we've only got a few minutes and I, forgive me, Stu, if this was what you were going to ask, but I just want to that we get it out there. Um, how can people find out more about Andy's Man Club? How can they find out where their nearest awesome. one is? How do you access it? Have you got to be referred or anything? So the beauty of Andy's Man Club is there's no referrals. There's no paperwork. It's free. There's no waiting list. You just turn up and take part. Um, you even get tea, coffee and biscuits thrown in and you'll get a very, very warm welcome. What biscuits? There's an all sort, there's an array of biscuits, there's boxes of sweets and well, we're helping people's mental health, but we're, we're, we're no good with di di diabetes. Um, <laughs> So Andy's Man Club have, have got a website, www.andysmanclub.co.uk. Um, and all the information of all the clubs. Um, as of this Monday, there will be 81 Jeez. UK groups. Amazing. God. Um, to give you an idea of the growth, before lockdown, there were 28 physical groups. When I opened Southend in May, at the start of May last year, we were group number 46. Chelmsford that we opened at the end of November, we were 72. And by this Monday, we will be 81 UK face-to-face -face groups. Fantastic. Um, people can send an email to info at andysmanclub.co.uk and ask any questions. There's a team at head office in Halifax that will respond to that email and give you the details of the local club. Um, if you want to email me, I've got an Andy's Man Club email address, which is darren.smith at andysmanclub.co.uk. Uh, alternatively, every Monday, except bank holidays, we open at seven o'clock at South End United Football Club. We use one of the rooms there. There's always guys outside and there's signboards pointing you in the right direction. Or if you're in Chelmsford, we are at Rittle University in the main campus. And again, there's guys out on the, on the pavement and there's signboards pointing you in the right direction. Brilliant. Thanks, Dan. Um, and we're all over the socials. So Andy's Man Club are all over Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. I think that's the main four, isn't it? Yes, we're all over, all over the socials. They're the only ones that count. <laughs> Darren, if it's cool with you when we put this out um, and it gets advertised all over the socials, then we'll tag uh, Andy's Man Club in it if that's cool with you and it gives people uh, oh. a, a really easy way to go and explore awesome. uh, what you're doing. And uh, honestly, thanks for being so open, honest and, and telling your story. And it's remarkable what, what, what Andy's Man Club's done. Absolutely remarkable. Thank you very much. And, and with, as I've said before, without Andy's Man Club, I wouldn't have the opportunity to, to do this stuff. Um, and I get a kick out of doing it 
because a little part of me gets repaired or, or gets a little bit better each time I talk about my story and talk about Andy's Man Club. And that's because I know someone will listen to this mm. and either feel a bit better because they know they're not on their own or they'll start using Andy's Man Club. Um, so, yeah, I, I get a real kick out of doing this sort of stuff uh, for everybody else, not just for me, for everybody else. Amazing. Darren, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Darren. Thank you. Two, two words to finish on. Uh, chocolate hobnob. <laughs> chocolate digestive. Oh. <laughs>